Thank you, worship team, wonderfully given. Welcome those that are joining us online. If you will take your Bibles or your devices and turn to Luke 23. Jesus Christ is the bread of heaven broken for us. And this morning we turn to God's word, the Bible, to learn more about God's great love and grace given to us through his son, Jesus Christ. In particular, the scriptural account of his crucifixion. For there were three crosses that day. Lessons from three crosses. Luke 23, verse 32 says, Two others who were criminals were led away to be put to death with him. The fact that two criminals were crucified at the same time with Jesus was not an accident. The perfect Son of God was in his death accompanied by two men considered to be scum, dirty, despised, outcasts of society, men worthy of death. Other words in the scriptures used to describe these two men include words like criminals, malefactors, rebels, Revolutionaries, thieves, robbers. They were the kind of men you wouldn't want your children being around. And most probably these were men of whom in the lives of many people, nightmares became a reality. They were men of darkness, hatred, violence, and rebellion. And it was with such men that Jesus would spend his final hours suspended between heaven and earth before his death. And again, it was not an accident. Matter of fact, if you look in Isaiah 53 and verse 12, you'll see it was prophesied that Jesus would be numbered among the transgressors. Oh, what love! Now, Jesus certainly had to endure terrible shame and mockery by the religious rulers, the civil rulers, and the Roman soldiers. But journey with me, if you will, and let's see Jesus standing there. Because he made this claim. He claimed to be a king. He was a king, and he is a king. But his actual appearance before these accusers did not even come close to what a king is. He appeared to them as an absolute fool. Maybe even someone out of their mind. 
For if he was a king, then Jesus was a monarch with no scepter, a sovereign with no power, a leader with no followers, a governor with no authority, a prince with no lineage, a commander with no army, and a king with no kingdom. And so they made fun of him, our Savior. He was despised by the Pharisees, derided by the scribes. He was jeered by the priest, scorned by Herod, a problem to Pilate, and mocked by the soldiers. He was rejected by the crowd, and he was railed on by both criminals. You say, but I thought, what? no, both criminals. The scripture records for us in Matthew 27 44, and the robbers, plural, who were crucified with him, also reviled him in the same way as the scribes and the Pharisees and the religious rulers. Mark 15 establishes that as well. Verse 32, those who were crucified with him reviled him. So added to the mockery of both Jewish leaders and Gentile rulers were these two rebels, reviling, railing criminals who were to die with him. Because God is sovereign over all things, the timing, the people, and the events of Jesus' crucifixion did not happen by chance. God orchestrated every detail and had it written down in His Word, the Bible. So hopefully we can learn from it. Cross number one was the hardened, unbelieving, unrepentant criminal So one of the criminals, the scripture says, who were hanged, railed at him saying, Are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. The criminal's heart was hardened, thinking only of survival on earth. He gave no thought of eternity, and he continued to rail and scoff at Jesus. Cross number one, the unrepentant criminal teaches us, number one, how close a person can come to the Savior and still reject Him and be lost. Probably only an arm's length away and certainly within speaking distance, this dying criminal was right next to Jesus the Savior of the world. The very one who could save his eternal soul. And yet he did not believe. This man was at the very door of eternal mercy and he refused to enter in, to repent. Even while dying, he held on to his selfish sin and pride. How close. Jesus said in Luke 13, 3, unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Words of Scripture. Words of Jesus. Number two, 
teaches us that true judgment is coming for those who reject Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Revelation 2015 is in the book. Whoever's name was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Crucifixion was an elongated event of death. The procession and everything was designed to cause the greatest harm and cruelty to those who were uh, to be under its judgment. This unrepentant suffering on the cross, however, because he would not repent, did not believe, his suffering was only the beginning of eternal suffering being separated from God forever. My unbelieving friend, if you're here today, may I tell you in love, do not gamble with your eternity. Please do not gamble with your eternity. You say, I'll take my chances. May I lovingly tell you, if you reject Jesus, you don't have any chance. This is the Word of God. On the other side was the second cross. It's the believing, repentant criminal. And he rebukes the first criminal and then makes a request to Jesus. Scripture says, but the other rebuked him saying, do you not fear God since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we are receiving the due reward for our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. Something happened. Something happened between the procession and on the cross, in this man's heart, no longer was he railing on Jesus. He was defending him, proclaiming not only his own guilt, but also Jesus' complete innocence. Of all people, this wicked, guilty, condemned thief declares the perfection and innocence of the Most Holy One. It's stunning. Of all those people around, He's the only one that got it. Even those who had earlier believed and followed Jesus had run and turned. And now, this outcast of society actually got it. Jesus is King, Lord, and Savior. How is this possible? The love of God had reached his heart. He saw Jesus for who He really was, the Savior King. And we're not told exactly how this criminal had the change in heart, but He most wonderfully and certainly did. In His sermon, The Dying Thief, preached on August the 23rd, 1885, C.H. Spurgeon shared his thoughts on this second criminal and what must have taken place in this second criminal's heart and life as he saw the difference and the uniqueness 
of this man next to him being crucified called Jesus. Throughout the painful procession and the whole violent process of crucifixion, this hardened criminal, now with a broken and repentant heart, had seen men crucified before, and they were hard, cruel men. But this man, Jesus, did not push back against his accusers. Jesus did not resist and curse those who were nailing him to his cross. Instead of cursing them, this criminal heard Jesus pray out loud, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. He saw that in all his torment, Jesus only showed love and compassion for others. And the sign over Jesus read, King of the Jews. So this criminal obviously knew he claimed to be a king. And even in what he said, we knew, he believed. This criminal had heard mockers say, he saved others, but he can't save himself. And Spurgeon references, maybe, just maybe, that phrase came to that man's mind. He saved others. Maybe he could save me. And so this condemned criminal made his simple request. He said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said to him, Truly I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. Cross number two, on the other side, the repentant, believing criminal teaches us Number one, believing on Jesus means we first admit we are sinners in need of a Savior. This man said, we are receiving the due rewards of our deeds. But this man has done nothing amiss. Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Number two, Trusting and receiving Jesus as Lord and Savior forgives and redeems us from how much? Oh, put that in capital letters if you're taking notes. From all sin. Who knows all the life of wickedness and vile sins that this man had committed for years? Who knows? I tell you who knew. God knows. Jesus knew. And He still welcomed Him in. Oh, the love of God. Amazing grace. You see, my friend, the good news of the Gospel is this. When you believe on His Son, God cares not one whit about your past sins. No matter how vile, Your past sins make no difference to God. When we come in repentance to Jesus for salvation, no depth of sin we have ever committed, past, present, or future, is too big for God's grace. And all of God's people said, Thank the Lord.
If this repentant criminal teaches us anything, he teaches us this. Jesus is a friend of sinners. He invites you to come. He invites me to come. Come, come. All the way through the Bible, God says come. It was Jesus who searched out, it was God who searched out Adam and Eve in the garden when sin began. And if you look at the end of the book of Revelation, the Bible ends with an invitation. Come, drink of the water of life freely. Where sin abounds, grace, God's grace abounds much more. As one preacher put it, God doesn't just wipe our slate clean. He breaks the slate. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Praise the Lord. The third thing we learn is no good works, religious practices, church membership, baptism, or acts of penance can ever save us. This criminal had no time at all to get his moral house in order. His death was only a few breaths away. All he could do and all he had was a prayer. And that's all he needed. To request from the Savior salvation. was trusting God's grace and Jesus' merits alone. And that brings us to number four. Trusting in Jesus makes us right with God immediately. No soul sleep in the grave. No purgatory after death. Jesus said, what? Today, you will be with me in paradise. The center cross, the bleeding bread of life in his hour of death is showing his concern and love not for himself, but for others. And Jesus said to him, truly I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. What can we learn? Number one, God's grace and love for each believing sinner is deeply personal. John 10, 3, my sheep hear my voice, I call them by name. Notice what Jesus said in his words to the thief. Truly, I say to you today, you will be with me. I, you, you, me. That's the divine redemptive parenthesis. Jesus says, I've got you covered. I've got you covered. Forgiven? Completely. Because I am shedding my blood for every sin you've committed. What a Savior. Oh, what love. I, you, you, me. There can be no mistake here. 
Jesus wanted him to know, I am telling you, my friend, you are the very object of my love. And this man received a direct invitation and declaration from God to come live with God in his dwelling place for all of eternity. It can't get more personal than that. Secondly, as we draw to a close of this message, Jesus receives us just as we are, but then he makes us what we should be. As our musicians prepare to continue on in our worship today, Jesus receives us just as we are, then he makes us what we should be. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, we are not saved by works, but by grace. But Ephesians 2.10 says, once we have been saved by grace, we are his workmanship in Christ Jesus, created unto good works. Second Peter 2, Christ left us an example that we would follow in his steps. And so our application is two questions today. Most importantly, if you're here today or watching online, could you ask yourself this question, have I received Jesus into my life as Lord and Savior? It's the greatest question you'll ever ask and the greatest question that will ever be answered. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou will be saved. Even right now in the quietness of your heart, Talk to God. Admit to Him, Lord, I'm a sinner. I need a Savior. I don't want to gamble with my eternity, for I have no chance without Jesus. I ask you to forgive me, and I receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And Jesus will say to you, as He did to the thief on the cross, Welcome. I'll see you soon forgiven because Jesus died in our place. Believer friend, am I growing? Am I seeking? Am I surrendering to His work in my life? So often we as believers can put that salvation thing, that's, that's way back there. But let me encourage you from the book of Galatians. Paul said, as you therefore have received the Lord Jesus Christ, so walk in Him. Trusting Him each day. We need the Gospel in our life every day. Probably no one in this world ever came to Jesus more broken and honestly than this repentant thief on His cross. And His coming to Jesus hopefully gives us a deeper understanding of what it means to say and to sing just as I am.